1: Welcome to NFL Live. The league speaks today. As you can see, everybody talking at the podiums, lots of playoff spots up for grabs. We'll bring you what everyone's saying ahead of this weekend. You'll want to hear what the Eagles are saying about their sputtering offense later on in the show. We're glad to be with you here today. That's Dan Orlovsky, Andrew Hawkins. I hate to even call you by that name, though, because you're just Hawk to me. Call me Hawk. I, I put you in my phone I didn't even as Hawk. That's your real name. <laughs> yeah, that's his name. We also have Marcus Spears and Adam Schefter joining us throughout this hour. We're going to start right with Adam, okay? The top stories around the league. Adam, Trevor Lawrence missed the first game of his career last week with a shoulder sprain. What can you tell us about his status this week?
2: Laura, he was limited in practice today. They say he's progressing, which is encouraging for his availability for Sunday. And Christian Kirk also began practicing today. So that's encouraging for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. They're hoping that Lawrence can make it back. Kirk could be coming back here fairly what to help out as well those are good signs for the Jacksonville Jaguars meanwhile the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not have Baker Mayfield at practice today He's battling a rib injury not encouraging right now but again you have to think that with the division and a playoff spot on the line that somehow some way Mayfield will make it back it still would be a surprise if he didn't play this regular season finale against Carolina the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Devontae Smith is dealing with a sprained ankle right now. Again, he said today that he's feeling better. That's an encouraging sign right now. It's not considered serious. Obviously, he could be impacted during practice this week, but I still think that they're hoping that he'll figure out a way to be out there on Sunday. And if not then, then certainly by a return for the playoffs. And the Miami Dolphins are really beaten up right now. You take a look at all the injuries that they're dealing with. Tua Tagovailoa is going to be fine. Gonna play with that shoulder injury Raheem Morris Raheem Mostert Jalen Waddle Xavier Howard no practice today for any of them right now as the Dolphins get ready for Sunday night's division deciding game against the Buffalo Bills. We'll see if the Dolphins can get back any of those players. I think there's a major question mark with all of them right now.
1: Yeah, and Adam, as you saw on that full screen there, Miami's defense without Bradley Chubb. Also, after he tore his ACL on Sunday, they could have some issues getting some pressure on Josh Allen against the Bills. With Chubb on the field this season, the Dolphins have generated pressure 38% of the time, a figure that would be good enough to lead all NFL teams in 2023. But Miami's pressure rate plummets down to 28% with Chubb off the field, which would rank bottom 10 in the league for the entire season. Here's Josh Allen on that Dolphins defense.
2: You know, it sucks to see them lose their their two DNs, Phillips and Chubb. It's a, it's a really good young pairing in the league right now. They were playing as good as anybody in the league. Personnel-wise, they're going to be slightly different, than, like I said, than what we've seen. Just trying to get a feel earlier what they're trying to do, um, if they're going to have to bring different pressures to try to affect the quarterback. They just played a game where they didn't play too well against a, a really good team so we're stepping into a very hostile and dangerous situation in terms of the AFC East on the line so we got to give everything that we
3: got.
1: Yeah Mina mentioned yesterday we'll see Vic Fangio having to bring some different pressures things that he hasn't done recently but has done before in his coaching career. Marcus you think the Dolphins defense can hold up against the Bills' offense?
4: Oh, oh no no. No, no, no. And here's the thing, man. It's about third down if they can get him there because Josh had a phenomenal game the first time out on third down and they kept singling up Stefan Diggs in that game, if y'all remember. And we were trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Mm. But Josh is 49% on third down during the season, right? And now you're talking about more extended time. You're talking about the ability to kind of diagnose pressure as he brought up in his presser and get the ball to those man-to-man matchups because you have to when you're pressuring. Th- this is this is a disaster. The fact that Bradley Chubb is out of this game. They didn't have a lot of success the first time, but when you think about Vic Fangio, we talked about this defense kind of improving. You got Jalen Ramsey back. You see the, inju- the, the potential injury to Xavier Howard. You hope that the secondary is better off if Xavier plays, but up front on third down, trying to kill time that Josh Allen has to operate is going to be an issue without bringing pressure.
5: I thought you were trying to grasp for your hair, and it hasn't been there for, for years. you have bald, oh, so I, I, thought, I no, thought that was, was in my initial thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, okay. it a, uh, yeah. I think Buffalo offensively yeah. can steal from Baltimore from last week in, in many ways. Number one, I would play big. I would put multiple tight ends on the field. I'd even put a fullback on the field, Reggie Gilliam, and I would make them stop Deion Dawkins in that pole game. They, That is the run that I can make the argument that they do best and probably better than anybody in football right now. When they pull their big left tackle, usually good things happen. So play big. I think number two, got to take and make deep shots. I would throw the ball anywhere but at Jalen Ramsey. If you looked at last week, Josh missed so many throws. He's going to have to connect them. And this kind of goes back to the don't throw to Jalen. If Xavier Howard does not play, and they are not, Miami defensively, going to move Jalen to the star or nickel inside. It should be everybody getting the football, but whoever. Is being covered by Jalen Ramsey. So I think you play big, you got to take shots downfield, and Josh is going to have to hit them mm-hmm. and make sure that Jalen Ramsey's not a part of this football game.
1: Yeah, Hawk, this Dolphins offense is coming off an absolute drubbing by the Ravens. What yeah. do they need to do to turn that around and get something going against the Bills?
3: Yeah, it's funny. This situation is the exact opposite of what it was the first time they played the Bills. They were coming off of 70 points against the Denver Broncos, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they still had the same answer. Uh, the same question to answer is: They have to figure out how to beat cover two. The first time the Bills played them, they ran cover two shell 51% of the time, which is the highest that they've ever ran it since we've been tracking the coverage. Last week against the Ravens, the Ravens did it 44% of the time. What Mike McDaniel has to do is he has to come in with a game plan to combat that because there's now a blueprint to how to stop this offense. And the reason why it's so successful against their offense is because the majority of their passing game is centered in the middle of the field. And so Mm. when you have a defense with playmakers at the safety positions like Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, that's what you rely on. He didn't have any answers for it last time. He's going to have to figure it out this time around. There's two
5: things that help Buffalo's defense. really. Real quick, fella. One, their speed. They are a very fast defense, mainly because of necessity in some of their injuries. Two, they have become a completely changing-the-picture defense. They show you one thing pre-snap, mm-hmm. go to a different thing post-snap. That has, more often than not, given Tua some difficulty in his career.
4: Yep. Dan, that's what I was get, uh, about to get at. You saw him pressure a lot against the Patriots, sure. and obviously that's Bailey's app, Bailey's app, and you don't have the type of weapons on the outside. I'm interested to see how Sean McDermott is going to approach this yeah. with Tyreek Hill and the potential of Jalen Waddle playing HA in this back as well. This is going to be an interesting defensive perspective from the Buffalo Bills because they have to pressure. I think they have some of the similar problems that you would say um, Miami has or teams that are light up the middle. Bernard and Dodson, that linebacker, are two guys that you want to force the tackle in a physical run game and get them going sideline to sideline the pressure has worked out for Sean McDermott up until this point. You got to be careful playing against this team, though.
1: Hey, guys, this will be the first winner-take-all game for the AFC East title in the final week since 1997 when the oh, Patriots wow. defeated the Dolphins. You heard Josh Allen referencing that. They're going to be crazy. paying attention to it. Also, a scary situation off the field in southern Florida. We want to update you on. Local firefighters were called to the home of Miami Dolphins' Tyreek Hill, where smoke was seen rising from the roof. Hill was at practice at the time and was excused to deal with the situation. Hill's family was confirmed to be safely outside the house. So we are making sure that everything's okay that there. We'll update you as we know a little bit more, but thank goodness everyone is safe. Now to do a developing story out of Carolina. The league has fined Panthers owner David Tepper. Adam, what more can you tell us about this situation? A
2: $300,000 fine, Laura, for the behavior that David Tepper was engaged in on Sunday when he was spotted on this video spilling his drink on a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Once that moment goes viral, the NFL has no choice but to act out on it. And it handed down a fine saying that people in David Tepper's position, owner of teams, are held to a higher standard of conduct. Thus, they imposed the fine that they did. A lot of people pointing out, well, you're talking about one of the richest people in the world. What's $300,000? still $300,000, and maybe the league would have been... Uh, In a situation where if it had fined him from being at a game or prevented him from being at the start of next season, it might have been different, but the league felt a $300,000 fine in this particular case was appropriate discipline.
1: Yeah, we'll keep an eye on how that situation plays out. Thanks for the latest, Adam. More news coming from you throughout the show. And we're just getting started on NFL Live. After failing, falling, excuse me, and failing, I guess, to the Colts back in week two, hear why C.J. Stroud believes things are a whole lot different this time around with a playoff spot on the line. It's a different Texans team. Plus, one of our favorite segments is back, Lost in Translation.
6: You want me to throw the podium on the floor? He
5: sucks. Losing. Awesome.
6: Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: Hey, how about this? A familiar face in our high school coach of the week, Jason Witten. Coach Witten has been the head coach for three years. He took over this program at Liberty Christian in Argyle, Texas, uh, in 2021, finished 2023 undefeated. Congratulations, Coach Witt. All right, new on NFL Live. Saquon Barkley was asked about his future with the Giants this afternoon. He said he wants to be a Giant for life, and added this:
3: I "Do a fresh start crossed my Brown. mind. Um, you know, I guess anybody. You know, when you look at the season the way it, it went, I feel like everybody would want a fresh start. Not just saying like somewhere else, but just a clean slate. But that's how I look at it, to be honest. If I did hit the overmarket, market." Hey, that's, you know, that's how that was God's plan for me to go to another, get an opportunity and to continue to try to create a legacy for myself with my football career.
1: Adam, what can you add on Saquon's future?
2: Well, Laura, I think he's learned over the course of the last year, and he's referred to it himself that this is a business. And Saquon Barkley is going to make a business decision. He came back to the Giants this year, signed that franchise tag without missing any training camp, out of loyalty to be there for his teammates who have come out and supported him all season long. They came out today with a video supporting him for the Walter Payton Man of the Year nomination. They've been there for him, but he also knows that after the time that he spent in New York without getting the long-term contract that he wants, that he has to make a business decision that's best for him, and we'll see if there's a team out there this offseason that values him more than the New York Giants have.
1: We'll keep an eye on that and to some more Week 18 action coming up we want to get to. The Colts take on the Texans Saturday in Indy. This game is on ESPN and ABC by the way. They played Week 2. The Texans lost that game but Week 18. Very different from Week 2. Here's C.J. Stroud on that very difference.
4: I think I've grown a lot in a lot of different places. Um, I think our team has grown as a whole. Uh, I think we've put a multitude of games together to make our team really kind of stick like glue. Like we, we've come into a, a great situation of right like now we're starting to pick up our chemistry better than ever. So um, it's like night and day from week
7: two to now, so.
1: Yeah, it is. Also a nice matchup of styles in this showdown as CJ Stroud has been among the best against zone coverage this season. With the second highest QBR in the NFL on such plays while averaging the fourth most passing yards per drop back. This Colts defense, headed up by Gus Bradley, employs zone at the fourth highest rate in the league. And Indy uses a heavy dose of cover three in yeah. particular, doing so on 33% of their pass plays. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out on the field. But Hawk, Stroud talked about how this team has changed from the week two matchup. Who do you think needs to play a bigger role in this one this time around?
3: I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz. I mm. think there was opportunities for him the first time around. And like you said, this is a completely different team. There were plays. That were left on the field. You see C.J. Stroud misses a throw here. Down in the red zone, there was an opportunity to hit him down the middle. You know, C.J. gets hit as he throws. And then, you know, the last play was uh, Dalton having a drop in the game. Now, there's going to be opportunities with this zone like you guys talked about. But C.J. Stroud in this offense is completely different. There's no Tank Dale. They're going to need him to have a really big game down the middle to pace on the outsides because they're going to – Uh, key on Collins, as they should because he had a huge game the first time and then last week when CJ came back this offense got going a little bit more.
5: There's easy and hard as a quarterback when you're playing against a team with a ton of zones. So one you're going to get completions Mm -hmm. but those completions more often than not aren't going to be chunks unless you use play action pass. This is from that week two game against that zone coverage from the Indianapolis coach to get ball fake CJ's great at manipulating those underneath defenders, throwing into windows when and where to throw the ball, how to release it, and the touch on it. And talking about like the zone coverage, CJ's going to have these short completions. Why do defenses play zone? They're going to give you completions because, one, they think at some point you're going to hold it too long and a sack is going to happen. Or, two, you'll have an offensive penalty that's going to set you back. Right. Or, three, you'll force the ball. You'll lack patience. So two things are going to be needed. Number one, they're going to have to hit some of those play actions that I just showed. Two, they don't care about yardage or zone defenses. They think at some point you're going to get into the red zone. I don't care if you kick six field goals, score six times. They, they want you to be d- down in the red zone, um, a lesser player. CJ holds the ball in the red zone more than any quarterback in the NFL. Wow. He's going to have to because he's going to have to make some plays that equal touchdowns and not just take completions just to get field goals. Hmm.
4: Fellas, say it with me. How do you get people out of zone? You're going to run the football. Say it with me. You're going to run the football. it with me. No, You're going to yes. run the football. Yeah. yeah. Yes. De- Devin Singletary, to me, is a, is a key and a catalyst. Even beyond that, Dan, using him also in the passing game and trying to hit some of those underneath and give him room to make plays uh, with his legs. I think, look. I have no qualms about if C.J. can diagnose and put the ball where it needs to be. Sure. Like y'all said, he did it in the first game. But I think this team's evolution as we watch throughout the season and to your point, Hawk, with getting Dalton Schultz back is to make sure you get him favorable matchups. Did you see, the, like, even the depth of those linebackers when mm-hmm. C.J. made that throw that you showed getting uh, tipped to Dalton Schultz in that situation. You create those guys having to take a step forward or have given them something to think about by not only running the football, but using your back in the passing game as well when they consistently have to think about coming up and making tackles. And then that's how I think you loosen it up to create the big plays. But Singletary, to me, is going to create a lot of advantages for this zone.
5: Real quick, so people at home understand pass catcher-wise, the short completions,
3: what's the most important thing for a receiver once you get the ball in your hands? The vertical. You're vertical. You find seams. I mean, the biggest thing for a receiver especially is understanding the feel, and that's where the biggest difference in C.J. Stroud and where they are now, that the Colts won't be prepared for. Yeah. They didn't know what kind of feel that the pass catchers had for the quarterback. What we've seen all season. Yeah, Back then, Anthony Richardson was the guy going into that game that sure. we were all, like, raving about. Throughout the season, we've seen their chemistry grow. And so, Maturation, to your point, they yep. want to hit them in these these holes. Receivers getting vertical, they're okay to play that game because they know that CJ's not going to make those mistakes. Gotcha. And now we all know that as well.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, right. Uh, short completion and then make it count after the catch. Alright, yeah. so this game is on ESPN and ABC and the Countdown Crew has you covered for the Week 18 season finale. Saturday at 3 Eastern before Steelers Ravens and then 7.30 Eastern leading into that Texans-Colts game. We're talking about both on ESPN and ABC plus the usual three hour show Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Hey, you know what time it is, guys? What time? Right out what time? Oh. Okay, Dan and Hawk are going to take the spotlight Turtle. here. A big reason why C.D. Lamb was able to go for 200 plus yards this past weekend. C.D.'s been on this before, right? But we're bringing him back. We got
5: to bring him. He's yeah. earned a right. He's
1: so
7: good. We'll He's be right, right back. Uh.
5: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
1: Week 18, the NFL season finale is back. Saturday, our doubleheader is loaded with playoff implications. The Steelers taking on the Ravens at 415 Eastern. The Colts hosting the Texans at 8 Eastern. Both games on ESPN ABC, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN+. We got more big games coming for you, too. We'll cap off super super wild Card weekend with the annual Monday night game on January 15th on ABC and ESPN. Don't miss that divisional round as well. Time now for our ESPN bet future spotlight. Despite all the struggles for the Steelers with an OC change and a quarterback carousel, they are still in the playoff hunt. Let's get back to the Steelers here. They're still in the playoff hunt with plus 130 odds to make the playoffs per ESPN bet. There are five teams competing for three remaining playoff spots in the AFC. The Steelers have the longest odds among those five squads. So here's the scenarios for the Steelers to get in, okay? Pay attention here, people. Should they defeat the Ravens on Saturday? Dan and I have that game. Pittsburgh would need either the Jaguars or the Bills to lose Sunday to clinch a playoff first. Listen to this. Even if Pittsburgh loses to Baltimore, it could still get in. If the Broncos defeat the Raiders and the Jaguars lose to the Titans and... Colts Texans does not end in a tie. You got all that? OK, uh, Lamar Jackson not playing in this one, but Dan the Steelers still right in the mix, despite the injuries and changes at quarterback. Sure. How have they done it?
5: I mean, offensively, they've turned back kind of the hands of time. You know yeah. th- this offense and specifically the offensive line for the last probably 45 years have been a weakness, and it's now becoming a strength. Ever since new offensive coordinators, Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner have taken over, no one's run the ball more than the Pittsburgh Steelers outside of one football team, second most. And I like the fact that they're just lining up at 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends. And sometimes they're, they're not trying to fool you. They're just going to turn around, hand the football off. This is plays that we call duo. They're just trying to create double teams. Jalen Warren's become the. The big play guy, Najee Harris has become the kind of the pound physical player. And then sometimes they'll get into their 11 personnel and make sure that Warren gets out on the edges. And I love the fact that they're not overly complicated. They've run two or three (laughs) run plays. Sometimes it's that duo. Sometimes it's power where they're pulling the backside guard. And they're making sure to fit into guys like ideal talents and skill sets. And I think it's the thunder and lightning combination of those two backs that have kept them afloat. Now they've added some play-action pass and motion built off that. But they're back to running the football on a Mm. consistent basis, and that at least has given them an identity on offense.
4: Yeah, D.O., and what's prominent is how they're doing it and how they're getting to those runs. You had that 13-personnel run, but I kind of want to explain to people why. It's because you have safeties that come down and do a job that they're not used to. This is love trying to play and get a block, get a uh, tackle on the edge. But because it's not something that he has a bunch of recall in, he spins out of it. Now you get the motion by the tight end, create leverage, right? You think that's the strength. We bring Deontay Johnson back across, create leverage, and then you go out of the back door and you attack corners and safeties and make those guys tackle. Tackle. That is what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing right now. They're not beating their head against the brick wall in the center of defenses. They're creating either personnels or they're creating leverages based on their runs to make your corners and your safeties tackle with having a a blocker on them. I don't know if I've never seen a bear fight a rabbit in the woods, but I'm sure the bear (laughs) leaves an ugly scene and that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing to these little guys on the back end, they forcing mm. them to almost be defensive
1: lineman and linebacker. I mean, Hawk, don't count out those bunnies, am I right? Nah, come on man, now. Anymore, but no. all right. more
3: like a bunny. I'm more like a cheetah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you calling Hawk a <laughs> bunny, badger.
3: Dan. I'm more like a honey more, badger.
1: You know what, <laughs> Dan, what, what he he more like, like a, a hair. Hair. You're a honey He's badger. Like a Dan's a sloth. Like a okay, so, so what I are you going to call yourself? A giraffe?
3: It'll be a long day at the office for you.
1: Heck yeah. That's all I'm, I'm um, out no, there. The Let's the get sloth. George Pickens into the conversation here, Hawk, because he's been more involved in the Steelers' <laughs> offense uh-huh. now, especially with Mason Rudolph, Of course, He's had a that. long day at the offense. What man. has I'm led slow. to that?
3: Well, look, I think there's been a mentality change <laughs> in this. loss. <laughs> There's been a mentality change (laughs) with this Pittsburgh Steelers football team, and it starts at the top with Mike Tomlin. It's what we're actually been talking about We we want the Philadelphia Eagles to do. When adversity hits, you guys pull together and you say, hey. Throw it to the really good guys? Throw it to the really good guys, Ah. number one. But also, don't let the outside noise affect your play. When we look at George Pickens, we all kind of sat up here. We got on the pulpit one by one, and we talked about the way that you go about being an NFL football player. This isn't the way that you become a number one receiver. This isn't the way you get your respect in this league because he wasn't blocking. Now, I can promise you, if you turn this film on, there are plenty of plays where he doesn't block a damn He's soul. He's still not blocking. Still. But <laughs> with still- that, to Tomlin's point, whenever you're losing and you're not making the plays you're supposed to, that's what the conversation becomes. That's a good point. Right. Instead of, in two weeks, he has over 300 yards receiving or not a ton of opportunities. He is balling, he is putting that, that, that adversity into practice in the game and showing everybody I am the person that I am telling you that I am, but I'm showing it with my play.
5: Does it look to you that they're moving him around a little bit more? Like, I always get so frustrated they would stick him up by the sideline be like, yes. what a go route. It does look like they're moving him
3: around more. They said, if this is what you want, we're going to give you what you want. Right. We all I question. We we know Antonio Brown being in the Pittsburgh locker room. Yeah. We've seen Le'Veon Bale, and it's like, well, how is Tomlin – able to rally these personalities, it's exactly what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. Whenever there was conversation about George Pickens and his effort, Tomlin put the onus on him, but you know he pulled him aside and said, hey, when you're putting this on tape and you are not matching it, with the play, yeah. this is the conversation. Yeah. So now we're going to give you those opportunities, and we're going to see what you're really made of.
1: You know, um, I know a thing or two about rallying people. I, I got a bear. I got a honey badger. Oh, I got man. a sloth here. I mean, <laughs> you know, is, how do we make insane. it all work? How do we get on me, Let's get to Adam's top stories. Did you see Marcus? Adam, what can you tell us about what's next for Dalvin Cook after his release from the Jets?
2: Well, Laura, the Jets officially waived him today, which means any team can claim him on waivers tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern at this time tomorrow. If he goes unclaimed, he then becomes a free agent. But it certainly sounds like he'll get interest from playoff teams and that Dalvin Cook could have a new home here in the coming days one way or another, just not with the New York Jets. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys are dealing with some offensive line injuries right now, but nothing too overwhelming. Tyler Smith. Did not practice today. Tyron Smith and Zach Martin had their normal Wednesday off, but they're considered to be fine. And if Tyler Smith doesn't play this week, he should be going to the play. Should be good to go for the playoffs. And rookie TJ Bass would start in his place in the game that they have to have this Sunday against Washington for the NFC East title.
1: That's good news. At least they'd have him back when it matters a whole lot more. Let's get some more on the Cowboys. Adam new on NFL live. Here's head coach Mike McCarthy on the struggles in the run game on Sunday.
4: You know, a big part of our discussion. um, On Monday was, you know, the number of runs we had against empty pressure looks, you know, you know, we. You know, we didn't give our guys you know, great looks in in, a, in that particular you know phase of the game. So if you look at the numbers the last couple of weeks, um, the way people have attacked us. So um, it's good for us. Uh, it's it's made us you know really knuckle down and, and review some things and just apply more reps in that in that area.
1: Uh, Marcus, we just heard Adam talking about all the injuries on that O line. Uh, the run game has struggled lately. How big a deal of, is that for you?
4: First of all, I can't tell you how much I love what Mike McCarthy just said, right? That is self-evaluation and understanding you got to take a step forward where you're about to go in these playoffs. The other thing is this too, Boogie. Like Lyle Collins, I, I believe, was signed to the practice squad Um, you you got to have a physical component to your run game. we just coming off a Pittsburgh conversation where they in 13 personnel, where they get bigger bodies. Earlier in the week, we talked about the Ravens and their ability with Patrick Ricard to create advantageous looks in the run game. I think Dallas has an opportunity to implement some of that based on what, what Mike McCarthy said. It's sometimes it's about guys just getting beat up front. And sometimes you just add a loss in numbers. And I think a lot of that Detroit game, to his point, they were just bad and outnumbered in the box. So I'll be interested to see how they make that adjustment. But I love the fact that he acknowledged that they were in bad situations.
5: The left side of this offensive line could be the reason that their NFC championships are derailed and or the hopes of them. Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith, when it comes to their health, are massive. Not Trent Williams yes, important, sir. massive, but it ain't far off. And both of those guys, Tyron at left tackle has missed four games. Tyler now dealing with that torn plantar fasciitis. That's it, not fun. Those are massive question marks. Mm. And if we're looking at the teams that Dallas is going to have to play in these playoffs, San Francisco rush the passer. Tampa Bay rush the passer. The Los Angeles Rams with Kobe Turner and Byron Young and Aaron Donald rush the passer. It, it, that is something for every Cowboys fan to pay attention to. The health of the left side of that offensive line could be the reason why they make it. It could be the reason why they don't.
1: Yeah, and uh, the other thing, too, about that is not only making it, but being able to advance in the playoffs. That's been the story around Dallas. Even when they've been in the postseason, they've lost in their first game. All right, more coming your way here on NFL Live. We are getting to wide out Wednesday, okay? We got Dan and Hawk hitting the touchscreen, talking more Cowboys. we got to give some love to C.D. Lamb. That's next right here on NFL Live. We'll be right back.
2: ESPN Bet is the official sports book of ESPN. For exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities, sign up for the ESPN Bet app. Download the app and sign up today. What a
6: play. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
1: it's wide out wednesday
0: dan and hawk take
3: it away when does he know it's time to get inside game plan within the game plan don't do what's on the paper do what you know we call Better it squirrel come back. squirrel we squirrel it, i want to work backwards here i am licking my chops because it's time to eat this is why he's such a smart football player this is
5: the fastest feed.
3: If I tried that now, I would tear everything. You have my permission to slap them to sleep. Six six worth of Connecticut swag. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, that let's was get dope. It. That was dope. Why Wednesday, you got
5: We gotta hit the Best and most explosive quarterback to wide receiver duo going in the NFL right now. Certainly week 18 into the playoffs. Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb, Uh The play that essentially got this offense going in many ways, won them the football game was the play that Dak Prescott made. Something essentially out of nothing. Detroit dials up the pressure. It's right there, 55, swing and a miss. Dak Prescott makes an incredible play. But so does CeeDee Lamb to deviate from that original play Mm -hmm. and create
3: a negative play into a 92-yard touchdown pass. My favorite part about it is that you think that these scramble plays are just freestyling, but they're not. They're actually controlled chaos that you practice on a weekly basis, and it shows the amount of detail that has gone in to the Dallas Cowboys yes. offense. So look, when this is a cover zero, they send pressure, six guys, five guys only to block him. Dak does an incredible job of evading the tackle and creating more time. So now he's scrambling. Yep. At this moment, immediately you have to
5: know, when he scrambles, so everybody at home understands quarterback wise, initially we, we think, is there a shot downfield? Mm-hmm. Can I make a big play downfield? If not there, then we want to get our vision back into something intermediate and then something shallow.
3: And there are rules. There are literal scramble rules that you have to abide by as an offense. Number one, if you are the shallow receiver to decide the quarterback is scrambling to, your job is to sit. But you can't just sit because that's easy to defend. What you do here, what Pollard does, is you have to push up and create a throwing throwing surface. Your responsibility is to create space so that you get open so your quarterback has an outlet because he's under duress. Next rule is on the other side, if you are the deep guy away from where the quarterback is scrambling, you should be running a post. Brandon Cooks doesn't do that, but typically these rules are give him a throw deep to the backside. Take it back from me again, Dan. The shallow player to the opposite side of where Dak is scrambling to, now whatever lane he's on, he goes straight across the field, hightailing it, giving him an outlet throw. The last rule, and this is the most important one, the one that we're talking about, is CeeDee Lamb, the deep player to decide the, the quarterback is scrambling to? His role is as soon as he sees him break the pocket, he goes to the back pylon. Beautiful
5: job by CeeDee Lamb, seeing that, putting that hand up essentially, yes. and realizing
3: nobody's deep, Dak's broken out of the pocket, there's a chance for a big play downfield. There's so many opportunities in a scramble drill, but that much more when it's cover zero, because to your point, there is nobody there to stop him. Now, this is the beautiful part of the route. Okay, he runs a quick post and a cover zero. He turns his head quick, because he knows that Dak is gonna have to get that ball out of his hands. Typically, you're not gonna get a scramble situation in a cover zero when they put in pressure. Once he sees it and realizes he is locked back into his detail, and that has been the difference for C.D. Lamb this year, is that, his level of detail in his play has been raised, and that's why number 88 yeah. is, in any conversation, a top-five receiver from now into the time his career is let me, over.
5: Let me ask you a question. When he makes this turn here, is he peeking deep, or does he already know no
3: one's there, I'm going? It doesn't matter, that's his job. Even if there's three safeties back You're here. Coached your job that. is to get to that space. No matter if there's a defender open, back here. No matter what the situation is, he's going to open up, and Dak's job is to find the open guy. What he does great is the push-off happens, before he even gets hey, into his route. So
5: you you're telling me that that push-off is
3: intentional by CeeDee Lamb. Absolutely. But but flag. Look, we're not gonna be naive and act like there's not hand fighting that happens sure. in the NFL game or any route. Sure. Yes you use it to your advantage to get open. The smart thing you do is is you do it before the ball is thrown and before there's a focal point from the rest because then there's no way that they'll call OPI for this catch.
5: Unbelievable job by CeeDee Lamb and it's important for everybody to understand at home. This is coached. This is taught, yes. this is not by accident. There are rules in what we call the scramble drill. Looks like CD did perfectly. Control chaos,
3: baby. I love it.
1: That is so cool. You see how much space he creates even too after a little bit of that That's hand fighting that Hawk is talking about amazing stuff guys still ahead. The Eagles continue to struggle on both sides of the ball. Here why they believe force feeding AJ Brown will solve their problems. But our analysts may not agree with that. It's next on the ESPN. We're back on NFL Live, time for Lost in Translation. We're gonna play a soundbite for the guys. They tell us what the person was really trying to say. So first up, it's Jerry Jones on the controversial two-point conversion in the Lions-Cowboys game.
7: First and foremost, the uh, uh, defensive team is supposed to know, it's clear, uh, who the ineligible, who the receiver is eligible that might not have been deemed eligible. That's clear, the rule calls for that. You're supposed to know that. If you're playing defense. Anything you do to fuzzy that up uh can get fuzzied up and that's what happened.
4: Well, <laughs> fuzz, fuzz, fuzzied up was a good, good analogy. <laughs> Finally, I I agree with Jerry Jones. Listen, first of all, I, when I saw it, and obviously this is very controversial, when I saw it, I was like, Why is Penay Sewell going over there as well? with two other guys that's reporting. That threw me for a loop, but I'm glad they fuzzed it up. I ain't gonna lie, I hate it for Detroit. They've had a phenomenal season, but they in the playoffs, so go cry.
1: Fuzzy. Uh, to Baltimore, where Coach John Harbaugh explained his dance moves after they clinched the one seed Sunday.
5: Probably, as I look at this crowd out here, you, you all can probably relate to this. <laughs> While I was dancing, okay, I would thought it was pretty darn good. I mean, I thought it was impressive, you know. I mean, I thought I was smooth, you know, rolling. Then my daughter showed me later on tape, and it looked a lot like what happens at home when she videotapes me. It wasn't too much different, so uh, I was a little bit disappointed. in the point, you know, the tape doesn't lie. This sounds great to me. Honestly, it's exactly what I would say. A white Look at him. dad bad, talking about i'm actually pretty good at dancing
1: and (laughs) then you're not
5: a bad dancer exactly i would have said the same thing like you know what he's getting low i thought i did pretty good my kids showed me that i didn't but i still think (laughs) i did pretty good
1: yeah i like that we all jumped in on dance okay finally in baltimore joe flacco with an interesting take on his younger teammates
6: i mean i'm dealing with you know I, I always say it, if I messed up in high school, I mean, I could be these kids' dads, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's.
3: Get him. I don't know why I got this one.
1: I mean, I, Hawk, I, let's start it there. was just the one for you. Maybe
3: what he means is the mistake of uh, falling madly in love at oh. the wrong time. Maybe, uh not Starting uh, a beautiful family at know, the wrong time. I don't know
5: why he limited it to high school. But don't that's struggle. why
3: it would be a mistake because, you know, he's clearly done it the right way.
1: Ah. He turns 39 mm. in 13 days. Yeah. Swag.
4: Mm. I,
5: I feel like, like high school's mm. the wrong way.
4: No. Yes. Mm. It could be
5: for
1: some. Yes. i <laughs> why <laughs> oh, i just,
4: why I just want to thank Hawk for speaking eloquently about men, okay? Because I was nervous as hell. Yeah.
1: Okay. Hawk Listen, sometimes, can, we get can, always Hawk sometimes Hawk. can get
3: out there. Hey, Hawk see, is our see our and you person. would
1: not have been a problem for you, Marcus. Oh, stop it. He's a cutie. And uh, By the way, if we ever need someone well, to speak, we just go to Hawk. In Philadelphia, <laughs> that's where we go now. The Eagles have lost four or five. A.J. Brown has seen a drop in production over that span. Jalen Hurts and Brown were a dangerous combo together on the perimeter of the first 12 weeks, completing 61% of passes outside the numbers, the six touchdowns in those plays in that time, but since week 13, Hurts has completed 41% of such passes to Brown, the fifth lowest mark by any QB receiver duo. Philly's OC Brian Johnson spoke Tuesday on the importance of getting Brown going.
4: We didn't run a whole bunch of plays yet, you know, I don't was it was just one catch. Yeah, so, you know, we had one catch in the uh, in the second half. I don't remember exactly. Every single pass that we that we ran in the second half, uh, but you know, AJ's a great player and, and you know, we gotta we gotta force him the ball sometimes and, and make sure to get him going. AJ spoke about the reason why he wasn't talking, but he also mentioned that he spoke in front of the team and apologized for, for the reason. What do you have to say about what do you think about his apology and the effect the impact that
0: he actually did?
4: Yeah, um he's he's taking leadership, taking um taking ownership for some of the things that he's been been out there, um, him doing and I appreciate him having the courage to do that in front of the team allowed us to just have more conversations, be intentional um, about what we're doing, and um, obviously chase the the results we want.
1: Hawk, let me go back to what offensive coordinator Brian Johnson said. Is forcing the ball to A.J. Brown a solution at this point in the season?
3: I've never seen an offense work of forcing the ball to anybody. That, that That is a fact of the matter. You should be getting A.J. Brown the ball because he's your highest paid skill player and you need him to fuel your offense because that's what you pay him for not this dial that you push up or down based on what the scenario is off of the field and that has been my issue with the Philadelphia Eagles offense is that when people were calling for them to run the ball and, and having signs outside the facility. That's what they went and did, and to me, that tells me their game plan isn't airtight. By this time of the season, it should be a well-oiled machine Mm -hmm. with an arsenal of weapons that you dictate where you go based on what the defense is going to show you, and you and A.J. Brown will both understand this is what is needed to happen for us on our quest to winning a Super Bowl.
5: Dude, when you force the ball to people, you get yourselves in trouble. Yes. When you are deliberate in getting someone the ball, there's purpose behind it. There's the difference. And what they've lost sight of is giving AJ multiple routes. We go back early in the season, the thing that I loved is they always got into that two-by-two formation. And it was, AJ, go run a stop route, off coverage, bang. This is throw and catch, easy. Well, we'll get into that same formation, two by two, tight end inside, AJ outside. Hey, AJ, this time, let's take advantage of it. Maybe we go go route. Maybe we go stop and go. As long as Jalen plays on time and we got a chance to throw, one on one, you're as good as anybody in the NFL. You know what? we got to take advantage of maybe some shell defense too high. AJ, we'll get into that same formation, tight end inside. But we'll give you that wrap in, so make sure that we can take advantage of some of those weak zone spots. Bang, there you go. And then, you know what, AJ, we, we can't just do the wrap-in. You're so good with the ball in your hands. we give him that same formation. And let's just go the short end, Completion play, Jalen, catch and throw, essentially. Five yards, AJ, go up and push into a soft spot and catch the ball. I have not seen that as much recently. I saw it early on. What I've seen is the stop routes on the outside, and those are still fine. But I don't see the variation. like yeah, the variation of routes that they're giving AJ Brown. I think saying force the football to somebody is a massive mistake. It's a bad message to send to your football team. You have to have a deliberate mindset to get AJ Brown the ball. But if they cover him, Jalen Hurts gotta go to somebody else. Yeah.
4: Well, you had that conversation earlier this year, Dan, when you said it was deliberate after the blow up on the sideline right. and they were trying to force him the ball, and the offense looked completely different. Here's my thing when you when when you guys talk about it, y'all know it better than me being a quarterback and a wide receiver. I I I bring bring it in layman's terms. What 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 happened? Like I have apps that I can go look at the film from last year and see how you were effective offensively. Why don't you do that? What's what's difficult about that, Dan? Is it an ego thing or is it you don't have the same personnel? What's the difference in this offense being what it is now? As opposed to how prolific it was last year.
5: Marcus, they don't run nearly as many RPOs. They're not in the three by 0 formation or three by one formation, meaning three guys on one side, one on the other, right. nearly as much. They're in two by two, way too much right now. And I think there's become that predictable element. Cap- ca- caveat why? with, it, like, I don't know why. Well, coordinator change. You hear me say yeah. this all the time. He's calling good plays, he's not calling good games.
1: And that's just an different. instinct Dude, thing. Yeah, I mean, it hard. seems that's like the, the best play it's callers a feel just have thing. the feel. Play to callers do it at right is time.
5: feel. It yeah. it it is not a science. Is it? It's an art. It is not repeatable. It is feel. And I don't know if Brian Johnson. Right now has the feel in games of what to go to on a yeah. consistent basis. We knew
1: Shane Steichen was great. I think we're seeing just how no great doubt. he was in his absence in Philly. All right, that was a whole fun, a uh, whole fun, a whole lot of fun. We'll see you tomorrow on, on NFL Live. Bye, slot. <laughs> That's not a slob thing, but you are the slob <laughs> and hot.